On this Thanksgiving week, we say thank you so much for listening to us here on The Difference. It's a podcast that sits at the intersection of politics and economics. I'm Dan O'Donnell, your host, alongside Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. And over the past couple of weeks, Dave, we've got to say thanks to the markets for reacting so positively to the Fed's interest rate hike pause. And this has people thinking that by next Thanksgiving, could we be saying thank you for rate cuts? Is that actually possible? Yeah, that's possible. In fact, there's the dot plot is probably going to tell us that we could see three or four rate cuts in 2024. Now, remember, the Fed tries to stay out of the election cycle in politics, but they don't really. In fact, if they do cut some of those rates before the election, that is going to make everyone feel better about the economy. And that's something we're likely to see. And in fact, let's be honest, President Biden is going to try to see that that happens. We're going to see the Fed start to lower rates. And you're probably going to see some fiscal policy improvements as well. So all of that is going to suggest that things could turn around in 2024. Now, we had a good couple of weeks here since that happened for a combination of two things, in my opinion. One, that we saw those numbers and that the interest rate hike cycle may have come to an end. And the second was at least an attempt to thaw out the China-U.S. relationship. I think the market liked both of those pieces. And what do you make of the fact that we still appear to be heading for a decent, if not massive, Santa Claus rally? People are still spending. I mean, it would seem as though with wages not really keeping up with inflation that people would kind of be belt tightening. Mm -hmm. We've seen some layoffs, especially in the tech sector, but that doesn't seem to be the case, does it? Well, the word of the day from, you know, we just got done with earnings season and the word that we saw most often was choiceful. And, you know, the CEOs start to talk like about, yeah, yeah. so the CEOs were talking about what they see uh, from selling their products, and they were saying that consumers have choice, and so they're going through and saying maybe it's not this or that, but they are spending, and it's just where they're spending their money. Now, some people, as you well know, don't have those choices, and a higher inflation on food prices and oil prices certainly is tightening the belt, but people still have gone out and, and, and purchased things. But when you talk about, for example, where they spend it, are they spending it on goods or services? Are they spending it on entertainment goods and travel and leisure? That's really where we have to pay attention to because that is, you know, as we go into the end of the season, a lot of times people talk about, you know, we're going to get a Santa Claus rally because people are running to, you know, to Target and Walmart and spending. That may not be the case. They may be spending it on travel or experiences or something along those lines, but we're still seeing a positive GDP number. And as we expect a positive GDP number in Q4 as well, you know, Q3 was almost 4.9%. I mean, that's a big number. So you look back into the fourth quarter, and it should be 2 or 3%. As long as GDP is positive, we're going to stay out of a recession. However, you talked about rate hikes. Generally, the Fed lowers rates when the economy really starts to soften. So it's a dual-edged sword. Are we seeing any signs that we could see that level of softening that might 
exacerbate the, the, the right plan that the Fed has right now? Yeah, the biggest thing you have to pay attention to is the employment number. You saw that, as you pointed out, that we're starting to see some layoffs. So if the employment number starts to you know get above 4%, the unemployment number gets above 4%, you're going to start to see people start to talk about what should the Fed do, because that is the key. The key, as long as people are employed and able to pay their bills, then they're going to continue to spend. But if the employment number, you know, we talk about CEOs being choiceful, they're going to be choiceful too on what their labor costs are going to look like in 2024. And if they say, I'm not going to replace that job if somebody quits to be a job seeker, they may not replace that position. Or, for example, they may not give the raises that they anticipated. You know, there's lots of things that that happens in boardrooms that they're going to be choiceful as well. So a combination of what happens in the boardrooms and what the consumers do really determines GDP. I I know this is an impossible thing to ask, but where do you see the the 2024 election playing in all of this because we actually got some really shocking polling data again on Sunday mm-hmm. which showed President Trump leading Biden 46-44 within the margin of error but why this was significant and Steve Kornacki over on NBC's Meet the Press made a big deal out of this saying that this was the first time, not just in the 2024 election cycle, but also in the 2020 election cycle, first time in dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of polls that they did that Trump was leading. Now, this tracks with a poll that really had people freaking out. And that was the New York Times-Siena College poll that showed Trump leading in five of six swing states and by significant margins, especially in Nevada, the only swing state he wasn't leading in that Biden still held a very narrow lead was Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. All recent polls seem to be moving in Trump's direction. Now, this has set off a tsunami of worry amongst not just Democrat rank and file, but power players like David Axelrod, widely considered one of the architects of Barack Obama's successful campaigns and one of the most uh, brilliant Democrat strategists there is. He came out a couple of weeks ago and said, for the good of the party, for the good of the country, to stop Donald Trump, Joe needs to step aside. Now, over the weekend, Maureen Dowd, very influential columnist, said Axelrod is right. Biden may be mad about this. He may want to secure his legacy and nobody wants to be a one-term president. But it might be for the best if he does indeed step aside. Would that inject a whole lot of uncertainty into not just the presidential race, but also the markets? Because one would assume that Biden, if he were to make that decision, would have to make it very, very quickly. Unless, of course, the plan is to get nominated and then say or, or, or win all the primaries, of course, and then say, well, I can't run and we're going to instead have the delegates just sort of select Gavin Newsom. Because the sense I'm getting is that nobody wants Kamala Harris to be the Democrat standard bearer because she's even less popular than Biden. But independent from the political ramifications of that, with all that's going on in uh, Israel, with the Hamas war, with Ukraine and Russia, with the economy sort of teetering on the edge, having a totally open presidential election would sort of inject, I think, a whole lot more uncertainty than we already have, right? 
So this is what I'd say to that. When you go into these presidential elections, both sides think they're going to win. And then both sides get promised lots of things by their by their party. And so, for example, if the Republicans get in, you know, are they going to get change in tax policy, change in border policy, so on and so forth? And the Democrats are going to say we're going to get, you know, the things that they're going to stand for. And the people who support both of those parties think they're going to win. So maybe there's less uncertainty, but I would caution everybody to say, remember the polls in 2016, remember the polls in 2020. And I think I heard you say back then that if you were a pollster, your career path was significantly changed because they were so wrong, right? Right. So so as we sit here today, it certainly looks like a rematch, but lots of things can happen. Remember, we're almost 11 months away from that point. We don't know where where Biden's going to be on this thing. We don't know where Trump is going to be. We don't know if Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire. We don't know if the Democrat party bearers really talk Joe Biden into this. So between now and then, a lot can happen. So is there uncertainty? There's always uncertainty. There's going to be this constant climb of this wall of worry, which is the reason why you prepare your portfolios for the potential risk. This is what I'd say, Dan. We had somebody come in uh, last week who was a client of ours who said they wanted to do all of these, you know, you know, go into gold and, and do all of these things. That's not generally what we do because we look at every portfolio and we customize every portfolio, but we're not chicken little here. That We do think there's some positive things that are coming along. There's a lot that I can point to. Number one is that if we are at the end of the rate hiking schedule, that is good news. Slowing inflation is good news. The unemployment number staying where it's at is good news. So this is where I would tell folks. The Dow, as we record this today, is around 35,000. The S&P 500 is around 4,500. Those numbers are going to go up. The Dow eventually is going to cross 40,000. I can't say it's going to be next week or next month or next year, but the Dow will eventually get above that. The S&P 500 will eventually get above 5,000. How you're positioned is more important. And again, policy to me is far more important than politics. Yeah. And that's why we sort of play the long game as well as the short when it comes to investing, because the next election will determine policy for the short term. But your investments need to last a lot longer than that. And that's why it's so important that you head to AnnexWealth.com for a review of your portfolio. It's called a wealth metric. It is totally free. It helps you know what you own, why you own it, and whether or not you are in the best possible position to weather any sort of storm and be ready when the Dow does cross 40,000. Be ready if there's a pullback. Yeah. And let me just just say that, you know, there's so much, and you had a story early today on your show, one of the political pundits who's supposed to be independent, not liking an individual, right? And again, that is not policy. That's You can say, I don't like Joe Biden for whatever reason. I don't like Donald Trump for any number of reasons. But policy is really what determines what happens in the economy. And I know you had that story about how can the guy be independent when he says things the way he did. Right. It was Jonathan Carl. He's the political director and chief political correspondent for ABC News. I mean, we used to expect that people like that weren't going to write books in which they said the explicit purpose was to inform people about how terrible one of the two political candidates are. But here we are. And this is apparently just fine. Yeah, and that's the reason why, folks, when you go to the polls, policy does matter, right? Because you don't like someone, right, or you think whatever you think. 
that is the most determinant. You know, go and vote your pocketbook. That's always been the case. This has been the case for a century in this country. Vote your pocketbook. Vote your conscience. That's really what drives the election. That's really what drives the economy. And that is what's most important. So again, you know, as we head into Thanksgiving, lots to be thankful for. No doubt about it. I'm thankful for our relationship, Dan, and the fact that we get this opportunity to put this podcast together. And again, this week, when you have some time off, think about all the things that are good versus all those things that are bad. Yeah, and there's certainly a lot to to immediately come to mind that's bad, right? I, I spend an entire radio show every day, oftentimes, talking about what's bad. But ultimately, there is a whole lot of good in this world. There's a whole lot of good in this country, not the least of which is what we do this week, right? We get together with family. We get together with close friends. We get together with those we love, and we take just a brief moment to reflect on how blessed all of us are, and I'm telling you, every single one of us is. Likewise, right back at you, Dave. I am so blessed and thankful to have the relationship that we do doing this podcast, doing our segments on the air. It is always fun each and every week uh, talking about this stuff, and I'm sure as we head into the Christmas season and Oh, man. I'll tell you one thing I'm not thankful for. Immediately after the Christmas season, mm-hmm. it's like two weeks, and then it's the Iowa caucuses. Yeah, I know. I'm telling I you, know. Well, it's coming. This thing, you're you're, you're going to be busy, my friend. Oh, it is going to be dominating my life. I will, of course, be, in fact, next week, as soon as I get back from my Thanksgiving break, I have got to... Uh, go down to the RNC, mm-hmm. the Pfizer Forum, the Republican National Committee is doing uh, credentialing and all that oh, sorts nice. of stuff. They're doing yeah. a media walkthrough for the convention. That reminded me, I'm like, oh my goodness, that thing is coming up in about right. seven months. The city Milwaukee, the city, yeah, year. the city Milwaukee is going to have to get prepared. It's going to be a big yeah, deal. We we for, for sure lots are. Of reasons, I'm going to be. Right? I'm going to be uh, down there pretty much every day of the convention. It is going to be uh, wild. And and every day you can count on the Dan O'Donnell show breaking down all of the latest political developments. Frankly, I don't think either one of these primaries is going to be super interesting. I think we're heading towards a rematch. I hope so. We're heading towards a rematch, Trump versus (laughs) Biden. I know you and pretty much everybody else in the country, Dave, is hoping that (laughs) we get some other alternative. It is, but I'm not holding out hope. One thing I am thankful for is that we do get a bit of a respite before all of that starts. And one thing that I will always be thankful for is that no matter what happens, Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex, and I, Dan O'Donnell, will be here each and every week on The Difference to tell you all about it and what it means for you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being here each and every week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice, or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information
information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.